Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Resilient Leaders Podcast, where resilience in leadership is not simply a good idea, it's required. I'm your host, J.R. Briggs. There has been much attention, and rightfully so, placed on our physical hygiene in light of the virus. But I'm convinced that there has been little attention put on our mental, emotional, relational, and spiritual hygiene practices in this season to ensure that we stay healthy. So I want to wrestle with this question. How do we stay centered, grounded, healthy, hopeful, and realistic in this season where it feels so intense? Let's cut to the chase. If you're a leader, you're in all likelihood very, very tired right now, and rightfully so. Change is inevitable, but the amount of change that's been running at us the last several months, it can be exhausting, even for those of us who love change. Maybe you've heard the phrase change fatigue. Maybe you've wrestled with Zoom fatigue. I'm there. I get it. I'm on Zoom a lot. I'm feeling it. Even physical uh, fatigue. Truth be told, in 11 weeks into this pandemic, and I have yet to have a restful night's sleep, I'm pretty physically worn down. Now, some of you are worn out mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, vocationally. You think, can't can't I just have a break for five minutes? Can I just have a day off? Can I just not look at a screen? Can I just not have to make some significant decision today? We may not remember what it's like to be on an airplane, but before the pandemic hit, we were on flights. And before they took off, of course, the flight attendant would say what? She he or she would remind us uh, that in times of turbulence, oxygen masks will fall from the ceiling and to adjust your mask before assisting others. And this metaphor is... One of the most important metaphors for me as I work with leaders and become health, try to help them become healthy. It's why I have an oxygen mask literally just a few feet away from where I'm sitting here in my office to remind me of this invitation. Self-care is so important for us as leaders, especially leaders in this season. And we must put on our masks first and breathe in that oxygen for our own health and pull the straps tightly across our face so that we can be healthy and help others who are in need of assistance. So I want to offer you eight specific ways that I've seen leaders and also in my own life that we can make sure that we're involved in self-care and in soul care. Now, recently I read an article by retired astronaut Scott Kelly, who lived in the International Space Station for nearly a year. When he went to sleep, he was at work. When he woke up, he was at work. And he said, being in space is probably the only job you absolutely cannot quit. (laughs) He offered these pieces of advice for us as we think about being restful, whole, healthy people, especially for many of us who have been in uh, quarantine and in lockdown for a while. He said, follow a schedule, follow a schedule and pace yourself. I mean, he said up in the ISS that they still had movie nights with his crewmates. They even had snacks and they binge watched all the Game of Thrones Again, and they did it twice. Uh, one of his main pieces of advice, he said, was go outside. Obviously, he couldn't uh, without putting on all the gear, and it was a risk to even go outside in space. So he recommends everyone do that often. He said he began to crave nature, the smell of dirt, the sight of green grass. He also encouraged everyone to get a hobby, to keep a journal, and to connect with others. Although I've never been to space, but I'd love to go at some point if ever given the opportunity, I have a list that I'd like to suggest to you to just help you to be grounded. I want to make sure on this podcast that I'm just not pushing you to be bigger, faster, better, stronger all the time, that part of resiliency means 
we've got to be healthy, a large part of that. And so I want to just encourage you with eight specific pieces of wisdom to pass on to you that would encourage you to cultivate health because it's hard to be resilient if we're unhealthy. So here's the first one. Stay active. Go outside. Go for a walk around the block. I used to swim. I used to swim three days a week at the Y. I obviously haven't done that for months. I hate running, but I still force myself three times a week to get out and run because I know it's good for me. I don't like running. I like having finished running. <laughs> I like when it's over. I feel the benefits, but it's. I still find that it's very important for me to do that. Number one. Number two, to rest well, not just sleeping, but also playing. Now I need to grow in this area, as I said. It isn't just about putting my head on a pillow and sleeping a good night's sleep, but it's also resting. Sometimes I'm, I'm taking naps, which have been really helpful. Uh, sleeping in on the weekends has been important for me, but also playing, being present and playing with my sons has been very, very grounding for me. I've, I've taken up, I've learned how to longboard. My kids skateboard, and so we'll go out skateboarding and longboarding several times a week, and I'm loving it. Especially for someone who can be so focused and put my head down and work hard, this has been really important. My family, we're doing Tuesday night movie night, and we're watching Nacho Nacho Libre, one of our favorite family movies. We're watching that a handful of times. But resting, uh, resting well, not just sleeping, but also playing, can be really important. Number three, be grateful. Keep a gratitude journal if you can. It's one of the practices I've done for the last several years. I did not make this up. Many people have talked about the importance of gratitude. But man, the first thing I do after getting my coffee is I sit in my reading chair, I open my journal, and I write out five things that I'm grateful for. It keeps me humble. It adds perspective. It gives optimism and hope to me first thing in the morning. It's a great way to start. Yes, there are lots of problems and issues and complexities that we've got to deal with, but I can at least start with five simple, clear things. Number four is this. I do this exercise every few weeks, but it's called the what's in my control, what's not in my control exercise. I take a blank sheet of paper. I draw a line from the top to the bottom, right in the, right in the center. On the left side, I write down what are the things that are in my control. And on the right side, I write what is not in my control. This is really important. Yes, uh, we live under the illusion that we're in control, but there are some things we can control. We can't control the virus. We can control our attitude. We can't control people. We can control how we respond to people. And so I just go through that, those elements, and it's really good because I find that I can waste a lot of time in the what's not in my control category and then be so exhausted, I never actually deal with the things that are in my control. So this helps. So try that exercise. It just takes about five minutes, but it's very helpful. Number five, keep learning. Be a lifelong learner. Insatiable curiosity. Not because you have to or because it's a bore. Do it because it's life-giving. Listen and learn, read. Keep your eyes open. Ask questions of others. Number six, unplug regularly. Silence, solitude, prayer, paying attention to God. It's important to live a high quality analog life. My wife and I are learning to give each other breaks on the weekends, where two or three hours to ourselves. Um, just this past Saturday, she said, Why don't you go? And so I just took a chair to a park and I read in the sun, and it just, I felt like I came back a new man. It was really, really important. So I just want to encourage you to be looking for those spaces and those ways for you to unplug. Go for a walk, leave your phone at home, turn your phone on airplane mode. You don't have to look at your phone first thing in the morning. That can really, really drain us. 
Number seven, set small achievable goals, daily, weekly, monthly. Some people say, I want to run a marathon, but maybe the goal we just need to set for today or this week is, I'm, I want to go for a walk around the block every day this week. Or I'm, I want to write a book versus I'm going to read a chapter of a book today before I go to bed. See, those are manageable goals. And by the end of the day, I need to just, I've just completed two or three of those things. It just helps, just helps. And, and you can track your progress. Every afternoon, my alarm rings on my phone at 5.20 p.m. And I just ask myself, what did I accomplish today? It's not for me to brag or to pat myself on the back. It's just three or four minutes for me to pause and say, what did I do today? What got done? Where did I make progress? How did I invest my day today? It's a good refresher for me to go through my emails and my calendar before returning to spend time with my family at dinner. And then last one, number eight, be real. Be real. When you are not well, tell people. When you're having a difficult day, tell someone. We've talked a lot about viral uh, contagion before, but there is such a thing as social contagion. People can tell when leaders are what leaders are feeling and then take on some of it themselves. Well, I have good news. Calm is contagious. But I also have bad news. Anxiousness is also contagious. <laughs> There's social contagion. We can catch things. And as leaders, we have to be very careful because we're very contagious. And so it's important that we're honest with ourselves and with others. You don't have to fake it. Don't fake it. You can say to someone, I'm not doing well. Find a counselor, a coach, a friend, a therapist, a mentor, a spouse, somebody that you can just be fully honest with. And you can just text them and say, I'm having a rough day. I'm having a rough day. In no way is this an exhaustive list of these eight things. And I hope it's not an exhausting list either, but I hope that it's life-giving. These eight simple practices, maybe you can just pick one or two to try this week that you haven't been trying before. Speaking of life-giving, as we talk about this crucial topic, I'm reminded of the words of Jesus as he offers to us at the end of Matthew chapter 11. And I love the way that Eugene Peterson worded it in the message translation. He said this, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. What an invitation for us as leaders, but more importantly, as people. You know, I'd be curious. Let me know if there are any specific practices that you as a leader are engaging in to keep your health and sanity during such turbulent and intense times. I'd love to hear from you. Check out the show notes, including the link to the Scott Kelly article, as well as information on how you can contact me. And if we can partner with you and your leadership or your leadership team to help you navigate the new reality, let's talk. Thanks to those of you who have left a review on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you haven't done so, would you do us a favor? Just drop a review. To, it'll take just 45 seconds and it would help tremendously. This podcast is produced by the venerable Joel Limbowen at On A Limb Productions. Visit onalimproductions.com for all of your video and podcast needs. Leaders, be faithful, available, teachable, and hungry. Keep leaning in and learning.